this weekend, uh, a Sunday night, five o'clock Sunday morning, so overnight, uh, a group of men allegedly broke into a home in Milton, Ontario. Ali Mayan, or Mian, I'm not sure how you say it, a 22-year-old man who lives in the home, says uh, through a statement by his lawyer that the intruders broke into the home attacked his mother, and he shot one of them. That's from his lawyer. Uh, police say, in fact, numerous shots were fired inside the house. One of the intruders is charged with unauthorized possession of a firearm. One of them is dead. And Mayan has been charged with second-degree murder. And it raises a lot of questions. These people were in his home, uh, seemingly with weapons, if one of them has been charged. So what are the rights that Canadians have and enjoy when it comes to a situation like this? To help us understand is Ari Goldkind, a criminal defense lawyer and legal commentator. Ari, thanks for joining us. I always appreciate your time, sir. It's great to always be on with you. So cases like this, I think they're confusing for a lot of people. Common thinking I think most people would have is a group of men break into your home and attack your mother and they're armed. You're allowed to defend yourself, but it's not that clear cut, is it? Yeah, and I think there's some confusion out there because, you know, the rules of the road have been explained sort of poorly um, by people who have overly complicated them. And you'll hear a lot of talk of, well, we're not Florida or Texas where we have stand your ground. Or what about a man's home is his castle? And I'll give you two very short introductions to this subject that I think basically summarize my view of it. One, I think there's a lot more to this story that we haven't been told. Okay, now I'm going to explain why I think that in a second. But the police have been very, very tight-lipped versus this man's lawyer being very, very loose-lipped. Okay, now if the lawyer has been loose-lipped and he's wrong about anything, it's going to come back to bite him in the Mm you-know-what. But if he's right, his client shouldn't have been charged. So that's part one, which is I think there's a lot more to the story, and I'll explain why given what the police have and haven't done in the last two days. The second part, which is, if there isn't more to the story, this is key, then what we're seeing is a real problem in policing here where a lot of times, and you'll see this in every province and probably every state uh, south of us, is that police will have a dead body on their hand. You understand that we live in woke world now. It's absolutely a factual reality. He, the person killed is, you know, probably belongs to a group where a family will say, well, this is the R word or something else. And the police will say, look, we will overcharge knowing that they're overcharging. Because remember, they could charge many other things other than murder. Okay, so you're saying maybe they uh, aggravated assault, manslaughter, a lesser charge. A hundred percent. I mean, not, not unlawful possession of a firearm, but you know, we're going to get into Colton Bushy. Uh, discussion on this in a minute. I'm sure that's yep. live in your mind. Sure. But, and your listeners, given the province. But the point of it is, is there is something in policing. And, you know, police are trying to do better now, but they will, they will charge and they'll throw their hands up in the air. And your listeners should visualize this and say, you know what, we're going to lay the charge, but we'll let the Crown attorneys and the courts figure it out. The problem with that is it leads to the kind of discussions you and I are having right now, where if this man was faced with four home invaders with firearms, and he's protecting his mother, and as the police say, multiple shots went out, but this guy only shot one. That's key for your audience to understand. That's what the lawyer says. My client shot once. So unless it was a Sopranos or Yellowstone or Goodfellas type of execution shot to the head, I don't understand this charge and I have problems with it because here's the part where people shouldn't be confused. 
If somebody invades your home and there's a lethal threat to your life, this is the key, lethal, you are allowed to use as much force as reasonably necessary because if people have been asking me all week, is he supposed to just sit there, call 911, wait 20 minutes for the cops to get there because there's going to be a busy signal in Toronto because 911 funding stinks, and is he supposed to sit there and be like a sitting duck and hope that the four really, really, really bad guys just don't kill them. That's not the law. As much force as reasonably necessary. And by the way, it looks like what he did worked. But part of the problem here, and this is what I want your help your help with, is sure, it's not sure. a blank check. Like I think you're right. When somebody enters your home with with firearms, the, the the it's pretty clear indication. But there was another one in Halifax, I think, back in the fall. And you know, you mentioned the, you mentioned the Bushy case, where um, yep. maybe it's not quite as clear as as this one yep. at least seems to be. You're you're sort of the law requires you to make a lot of really complex judgment calls and decisions on a spur of the moment when your life may well be threatened. It seems to me to be a little bit ridiculous, Ari. Yes, and here's why your question leads to a great place. One of the big cases that the Supreme Court just dealt with is out of Hamilton. And basically, and by the way, this is, I'm not joking when I say this, the guy's name was Peter Kill, K-H-I-L-L, bad name for a guy charged with this sort of thing. But leading out of Colton Bushy, which so many people got so wrong, they made it about race, they made it about woke world, And I don't care if people disagree with me. Facts are facts. That case was weaponized, as many cases are, so long as demographic, immutable characteristics lean one way. The case in Hamilton is sort of along the lines of what you're asking about. And what it basically says is, and this is why I think there's more to the story. If there's a history between these people, or if you're just defending property, okay, Mm -hmm. somebody's stealing your truck, somebody's stealing your cow, somebody's stealing your plasma, you are going to go to jail for life right. for murder if you do this. That's absolutely agreed. The second part, which is why I think there's more to this, is the police have told us that they're still protecting this house because they believe the threat to this man is ongoing, even though he's in jail. And we'll get to that in a second. But here's why this Supreme Court case is important. If the man who shot this intruder has any history with these intruders, or provoked it, or brought it on himself, or created the situation by which he then shot somebody. Right. The, the court has to look at everything that went on in this relationship, not just the moment that the guy fires. That's where self-defense has become clarified by the court quite properly, where it's not just that split second. The court will look at everything that went on here and to me that's why i have a sneaking suspicion that these men the five of them were not strangers to each other what about the fact ari as far as i know this man is still in custody which i think would also speak to there might be more going on here yeah so this is the part that i have a real problem with i'll put my defense lawyer hat square back on let's say his lawyer who again has been very loose-lipped with the press there's upsides to that and downsides to that Let's say he's right that this man got home invaded in the middle of the night. He's there with his elderly grandmother or mother, and he shoots one shot to protect um, his life and his uh, mother. When you get charged with second-degree murder, most of your listeners are thinking, this guy must have gotten bail right from the police station. He killed the intruder. He killed the bad sure, guy. Yeah. As you said in the intro, they arrested one of the guys right there yeah. with a gun. Yeah. 
so most people would think, well, wait a minute, why is Ari saying this guy is stuck in jail? Why is she saying this guy's stuck in jail? When you get charged with murder, which is a 469 offense of the criminal code, which means it's the most serious business you can get charged with, you cannot get bail unless you beg a superior court judge, not the local judge at the courthouse where you first pop in, not the usual bail hearing that you have within a day or two. You usually have to wait three, four, five weeks to get bail. So this guy, if he defended himself and his mother, is rotting in jail as we speak right now. And even if he gets a bail hearing in the next three, four, five weeks on murder, the odds of getting released on murder, A, are not good, just because of the word M, you know, dial M. And number two, if he does get bail, it'll be something like 100,000 or 200,000 bail with an ankle bracelet, because even if he might have acted in a heroic fashion, and I'm not saying he did, sure. I think yeah, there's I more to it. this, the court still puts the stink eye or the taint on him now that he's been accused of the M-word. So there's a lot of really interesting moving parts here but the part that i think is interesting is the police have said yeah his lawyer can blab all that lawyer wants to do we're not saying a word the charge is there and that's that and i think that's an interesting approach to stay silent yeah and we'll have to wait for trial to to find out because like you say i mean if there's i mean the, the fact of the matter is if they broke into the home after i mean i'm, I'm just being completely hypothetical and i'm not i, I shouldn't even say it but maybe there was a, no but hypotheticals are part of the system so fire away so maybe there was an altercation and and he, he they were chasing him back to the home and you know i mean the, the, who knows how this all sort of started where it originated and it wasn't maybe it's not as simple as you know he's sitting at home with mom watching tv and somebody bursts through the door and starts firing. Maybe there was a lot that led up to this, as you say. And that's why when I made that Yellowstone Sopranos Goodfellas right. remark, yeah. well, first of all, anybody who knows Yellowstone knows how great it is. But the point of that joke was, if these guys are running out when they see his gun or his shotgun, and, then they're, and he puts a shot to their right temple or through their chest as they're in retreat, okay? Yep. Remember, they say one shot. Well, it's not easy for an un- inexperienced person to have a kill shot, right? Like, you know, you might hit the leg, you might hit the buttock, you, you might hit the... So to me, again, it's a little bit premature. All of this has been based about what the lawyer says. And as I've said very openly, if the lawyer is right, Houston, we have a real problem with this murder charge. My sense is, let's wait a few weeks, not let's, you and I, but let's see what yeah, shakes yeah. out in a few weeks, because at some point, I think the police or the Crown Attorney are going to put a little bit more out there and I think people are going to either be outraged that he's still charged with murder, or people will say, well, maybe the lawyer gotcha. should have just kept the cards closer to the chest. So we just don't have the info we need right now to know whether or not this is an outrage. We have one side of, this, <laughs> we have one side of the story, but it is an outrage that four armed guys, even if there's a history, four armed guys are going into a private, not private, but a public uh, residential area just outside of Toronto. I think the bigger story there, Shane, I know we don't have time for it, is the way Canada is changing, violence is increasing, and previously safe communities are now being invaded, words specifically intended, by armed individuals that nobody's allowed to talk about because we all have to zip our lips. That, to me, is the bigger part of the story than the murder charge, the fact that safe communities are no longer safe because we have politicians that have dropped the ball at every level. Fair enough. And you're right. That's a conversation for another day, but I'd be happy to have it, Ari, but we are out of time. Uh, As always, love your perspective. Thanks so much for being here. 
Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.